This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Morning, everyone. This is SENWA Breakfast at four past six. The boys are looking at each other betwixt and between. It's all a little bit different today because you just heard the little mutterings of one Hamish Brayshaw in off the bench, of course, for the injured Scotty Cummings. Okay, there you go. The boys are just... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Rightio, yeah, nothing like being ready. Uh, good morning. Yeah, good to be back. Oh, good to have Gosh, you back. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in the ambulance. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Four old Scotty's yeah. in the ambulance. Unwell, laid Poor up. Fella. Been crooked for a couple of days, and we only wish him well, and he'll get the results uh, tomorrow. So all of our thoughts are with the great man, Scotty Cummings, who, quote, unquote, hates having sick days. Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. I understand that. I mean, I haven't taken many in my life, but mm. if I uh, if I get a little sniffle, I'm home. Straight home to bed. A big day today for the young hopefuls in the AFL draft, uh, Hammer, and we're going to touch on that right through the show. Of course, at 4 o'clock our time this afternoon is the first top 20 picks, and WA tipped to have maybe four or five go mm. in the top 20. Yeah, that's a good time yeah, for Yeah, that's a handy little number. Um, oh, there's a couple of my boys, East Perth lads, that I'm hoping will go. Uh, I'm not sure how I personally feel about the split nights. It's uh, For anyone outside of the top 20, it becomes a, a very stressful two-day period. Um, I can only imagine what it's like for people on the real cusp. Well, that's Robinson, yep. Johnson. Mm. A couple of those boys have had to endure that over yep. the last couple of years, yep. which was really rugged to watch. Yeah, so that'll be tough. Um, and I remember even at the draft years ago, uh, Angus and Andrew obviously went and they get a number of people to come in to potentially be top 10 spots. And I remember one year there was a guy in Angus's draft year who was projected top 10 was at the draft. They didn't go until mid to late 30s, so everyone else had already gone. It's it's a stressful time for young kids, but uh, fingers crossed some dreams come true. We'll have it all covered. Speaking of dreams come true, Australia's dream of making it out of the group into the next stage of the World Cup is underway uh, where they've got to get a big game on Wednesday. Clint Bolton's going to join us, former Socceroo and SEN commentator. Uh, as I said, we're going to dissect the draft thanks to Mickey Ablett, AFL talent analyst. Hugh Davies, young Claremont boy who may go tomorrow uh, tipped to, to maybe be picked up by Fremantle. They're one of the t- uh, clubs who are keen. And Barrett Sundarace and hopefully in the studio, SEN cricket commentator ahead of the Test match on Wednesday. A um, couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, um, there's a bit of uh, action of you. I've been keeping an eye on your social media, and you've been very, very busy on the on the golf course. Golf course. What have you been playing? You've been playing matches all day, every day. What do you, what's been going on there? You're in yeah. Melbourne three no, days. Ago. I was, I was. So I had the uh, I had a week off last week of work. I went back to Melbourne. Uh, the AFLW end of season awards was on Tuesday night, they so I went, I went along to that and had a week of leave either side of that. So I was uh, I was playing golf at home at uh, with Angus and my, my dad at the Royal Melbourne Golf Club. And nice, very nice course. What's the condition of the course? Beautiful, beautiful. Nick East course, West course, fantastic. However, as uh, as I've been documenting, I'm in 
the worst form yeah. slump of my career. Actually, quite frustrating to watch those. Oh videos. yeah, yeah, yeah. However, it's um, I feel like the the worse I play, the more entertaining it gets. However, it's uh, <laughs> it's entertaining for others and not for me. But I'm battling my way through it. I'll get there. All righty. Well, uh, we will keep an eye on that one. Um, and also, of course, yesterday the AFLW Grand Final was a. Yep. Four goal thriller between Brisbane and Melbourne, and Melbourne, and everyone says it's uh, just uh, tick that box for Daisy Pierce. Yeah, that was a. Uh, it was. Oh, I thought it was good for it. I mean, I thought personally Brisbane were the best team for the year, but um, oh, we didn't play them. We did play Melbourne, and they touched us up. But uh, no, it was good. I, I thought watching the game, it was intense. It was tough. It was hard fought, and then um, yeah, Melbourne were just too good on the day. They took their opportunities, and for Daisy Pierce now to be able to, I'm not sure if she's officially announced that she's. Hanging him up, but I can't imagine going and coaching at Geelong will be conducive to playing AFLW <laughs> with Melbourne. But uh, I, have so. no, I think this is a really good sort of cherry on top for her mm. a wonderful career. Mm. So I would say, yeah, it was good to see yesterday. I will say I watched the game in its entirety and, yeah, it's played with intensity in that mm. because it's a final and it's played with intensity, but disappointed in the scoreline, to be honest. And I know there was a bit of weather around at some stage and it ran, trickled here, trickled there, but that didn't look like an excuse for me. Um it's tough to watch just a four-goal game of footy. And I, don't, I can't remember. Sam, correct, did Brisbane kick a goal after quarter time? Uh, I don't believe they did. I think they had a couple of chances that they missed. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I can understand that. However, I think the games, are, they're two different games, the men's and the women's games. Oh, I'm it's, not comparing with the men's. It's I hard. still reckon four, four goals is Four goals enough. isn't enough, correct. However, the intensity around the contest was, I thought, more than it is in any other game. They're sure. two of the better teams. And so I think... People would have gone into that game expecting both of them to score pretty heavily, but um, I thought it was a it was a contested game with a pretty good defensive show. Well, or I want to uh, play. Have we got Daisy Pierce ready, boys? Okay, here we go. <laughs> we might strike some gold here. Uh, Daisy Pierce had this to say. I'm going to get whether this requires a little bit more digging. Here's Daisy Pierce speaking to Abby Holmes. You know, like I felt uncomfortable the whole time. The narrative about, about being about me, like I feel like that's a glorified thing that happens outside of these four walls. Don't give away cars, forget players to come and play for us. Wow. That's a pretty, I mean, that, and whether it's an off the cuff comment and you know you're going to have the, the AFLW media fraternity who are, mm-hmm. who are, um, cheer squad members, yep. they, they will say, oh, nothing to see here. That's a pretty pointed comment. Now, if that was coming out of a, yep, a, the mouth of a male footballer <laughs> in the AFL system, that would create a massive headline, and I think it deserves a little bit of digging. Well, yeah, I certainly do. I don't think it's uh, the soft cap. I can't imagine has too many cars in it, so it'll be uh, that'll be interesting if you did. Do you know who in. she's alluding to? No, I don't. I mean, there's it's soft cap, soft cap, and I mean, there's some sponsorships and deals here and there that I imagine can try and sweeten deals for players to come. But um, it is at the moment with the the level of AFLW and the pay that these players can get to travel interstate can be difficult. So if I was to you know that that if to, to lure players to bigger clubs elsewhere, it uh, 
Is it some of the new clubs? Oh, I, I don't think it's Brisbane. I don't, I don't reckon she wouldn't have said that in that. Well, it wasn't on stage, I suppose. It was a, it was a sideline interview. Mm. It wasn't on stage. Um, I thought she handled herself really well apart from that, uh, Daisy Pearce, and it was, I think it was, she's very, very, says all the right things, but she yeah. says them with depth. She doesn't, yeah. she's not cliched. She's not a cookie cutter. No, no, she's, she's excellent. She she's speaks very, very well. She knows the game and um, she's very, very passionate about it. So well done to her. On the weekend, of course, uh, well, there's an interesting one because we spoke to uh, James Cummings, uh, Scotty and I, uh, on the show last week. We all spoke to uh, uh, spoke to um, the, the the team from Cummings from Godolphin, and they spoke about having a number of horses in the Winterbottom Spakes, and it was. Uh well, they lost one. Valana drop was scratched on the race day on Saturday, but they had a horse called Palali racing in the winter bottom stakes, and it came from last. Massimo reclaims the lead. Rothfire Elite Street come down the outside. So does Kiss on all four cheeks. This will test just rattling home. So's Palali. Kiss on all four cheeks. Look at Palali. Kiss on all four cheeks. Palali. Palali lunging. Palali. Palali claims Group One for Godolphin at Ascot. Palele from last, a mighty performance to win from Kiss on all four cheeks. Third, la- th- third last, second last and last around the home turn in the winter bottom stakes. Incredible and a great call by Cobb, uh, Darren McCauley, best in the business. And so that was the winter bottom stakes. So that was Godolphin Blue and that's huge. Now, a lot of people don't listen to our show for racing, but Godolphin, massive owners and that, that horse will go to stud uh, Pulele eventually. So he's still got his bits. Mm. He's a colt. Bottom line is that is massive for WA racing when a, 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 a horse out of Godolphin comes to WA Windsor Group 1, trained by James Cummings, ridden by Ben Mellum, who's one of the best jockeys in Australia. That is a huge advertisement for WA Racing going forward. That was massive for the weekend. Uh, I want to try this one on you. This was, uh, we've found the boys have uh, managed to uh, prepare this. We won't run the whole lot of it, but this is you, uh, uh, basically a snapshot of some of the stuff you've been doing over the last couple of days. If, if you don't follow Hamish Brayshaw on social media, on Instagram in particular, what's, mm-hmm. your, what's your catch? Sugar Bray. Sugar Bray. Yep. Uh, you can check him out. He uh, gives basically a six-hole um, catch-up in regards yep. to his uh, his world on the golf course. This is some of his work about uh, playing uh, over the weekend. Uh, out on the course today, didn't think I'd be putting anything up, but here we go. Uh, needed to go birdie, birdie, eagle to finish. Uh, I've just had a six, so that's two over par. Which leaves the equation now to finish uh, hole-in-one albatross. So it'll be my first ever career ace and my first ever career Jessica. So, I mean, I'm in with a punch's chance. No question. Uh, as Angus just said, I'm in with a chance until I've signed the card. But it's going to be tough. No, no doubt it's going to be tough. An ace and an Alba to finish. Uh, I need 12 points in two holes. That'll be a one of five and a two of seven. So there's a first for everything. And, um, you know, fingers crossed. Hey, Captain Positivity. <laughs> Obviously, the equation was eight. <laughs> we'll leave it all there. Captain Positivity. <laughs> hey, how did that end up? No, I uh, <clears throat> I had a four on the par three, which I needed a hole in one. And I had a five. I parred the par five. Can so you play? Because last four or five postings... Over the last four or five days, it's actually, it actually makes me quite angry. No, I'm, I'm quite I am, agitated. I'm very frustrated. Golf Australia, Give it away, mate. Golf Australia has got me soft-capped, which essentially means they think <laughs> I'm cheating, playing so bad on purpose that my handicap can't go up because they think I'm fudging my numbers so that I can enter a comp and win off a high handicap. So you're putting those on socials to clarify. Yes, and if anyone from Golf Australia is listening, please release the shackles because it's killing me at the okay, moment. Okay, so are you, four of you played, yep. uh, all the boys. Yep, all the four of us Will, went out. To, yep. Andrew. 
Uh, you and Angus, where did you play? We played at Araluen. Okay, Araluen. Good, good track. Beautiful course. Good track. Out there, yeah. Good Beautiful track. You've got to get a buggy, though. So no question you do. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> way. I walked, I walked it the other week. Oh, oh boy, it was tough. That is tough. Yeah. I've walked off golf courses after. I've got, a, I'm, I'm got history. Of walking off the course. Yeah, 13. After 13, I can go no longer. Wow. If it's near the clubhouse, I'm out. Sure. Anyway. It, so is, you, it isn't usually near the clubhouse, but continue. <laughs> well, it's sort of winding its <laughs> sure. way through. Mm. All righty. So tell me you've got... Tell me you've got the four of you. Yep. Rank rank the four boys. Well, I will rank handicaps, which is Angus, is Angus has got the best. He's off six point something. Andrew's off about an eight. Will's off 9.9, just got under single figures, and I'm soft capped at 10.4. So I'd, Angus, Andrew, William, myself, Will's just shot under me. However, on the weekend, Will won by a stroke. Angus came second. I came third. <clears throat> and Andrew had an 11 on a par three. He had an 11 on yeah. a par three? Went long and lost his ball and lost was up his and down. Yeah, was up and down and up. And anyway. Did he have to go back up to it? No, he, um, he lost his ball in the back, took a little bit, dropped one, found it. Oh, God. It was just, it was it was awkward to watch. And the, uh, anyway, so he sort of ruled himself out. So it went Will, Angus, myself, and Andrew to finish and, uh, around the other day. So not the worst myself. But, uh, geez, I'm still just not playing very well. And hurts me. Knowing the brace shores, I would mm. imagine there would be a fair bit of chirp. Oh, yeah, no question. It was very, very And there's no enjoyable. movement when a guy's putting. You don't put your shadow and move No, no, no. We're it. very respectful in terms of when it's backswing or you're addressing the there's ball. It's golf etiquette silence. and there's golf, golf etiquette. etiquette. But between shots, it's, uh, it's you know, who wants it? And you can give a little bit here and there. Did I see Brother Andrew in the preseason, mm. i.e. on the golf course? Yes, you did. Running? Uh, he was... Is that part of the... You were playing golf somewhere and you were in a buggy? Yeah, so Will and my... That was him and Andrew. We were at Araluen, so we played the first uh, nine holes. Angus and I were in a cart because there was only one and they got one at the turn. So they played the first... Andrew and Will played the first nine holes without a cart. We teed off on the third hole and a group on the next hole was walking exactly where Will thought his ball was. And amateur golfers every now and again just see a ball and, yep, I put that one in the pocket. See ball hit And so they just started running. Anyway, it turns out if they didn't run, the bloke would have taken his really? ball. So he hit the ball anyway and then, uh, yeah, so I lucky they ran. I've never picked up a golf ball on a golf course that's not mine. And yep. you know we have. You know of course you know what it is, but some people are, you know, that way inclined. 13, 12, 55 or 0487 736 We're in the Toolkit Depot studio, of course, get in touch with us. And, of course, uh, we're here having just a friendly chat. Thanks to McDonald's, of course, mm. win free McCafe coffee. Visit My Macca's app. Uh, on this day, not too far away, we're going to talk World Cup, of course, with Clint Bolton. Mick Ablett will dissect the AFL draft, which starts tonight or this afternoon, 4 o'clock, Perth Diamond, but at Sunday, Ace and he's in WA for the Test match. Of course, a couple of things I noticed on the way in today, that the S in Optus is out on the stadium, on the railway side. Wow. I noticed that. So it's, if um, anyone from uh, the stadium is listening... Fix it. Get the globe ready. Yeah. It just looks weird. It does. That, that's a bit strange. I didn't notice that personally on the way in, but uh, that would look a bit strange. <laughs> so Optu Stadium. It's Optu Stadium. Mm. Uh, <clears> and <throat> I saw the slowest moving jet coming in as I was coming around and just swinging around in between Crown and the studio. Wasn't even going that fast. Wasn't even going that fast. Wow. It seriously was hovering and it was really low. And um, and I jumped out of my car to take a photo. I didn't quite capture it. But it was re- like like... Seriously, I was just hovering, and it was like a big, big, not wow. just your, I know, I know, some of the things. I don't think said. a photo would do the speed any justice, because <laughs> <laughs> it's a still shot. Yeah, true. But I get you. But wow. it was just sitting there. Yeah. Anyway, so I just noticed that. And uh, something else that grabbed my attention, I saw that um, the boss of Cricket Australia, Nick Hockley, um, has made a comment. He was uh, being interviewed on ABC by... Um, 
What's his name? Uh, Corbin Middlebus. Yep. And he made a comment about um, the, the crowds in regards to the World Cup of cricket and the like. He sort of said, um, the ODI series versus England, we secured valuable points as part of the Super League. Um, Mr. Hockley, I stand corrected, but I don't think those points were any part of any Super League. I thought they were um, the warm up games. They were warm up games. Weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had absolutely nothing sure. to do. So maybe the schedule has actually caused a bit of grief for the CEO of Cricket Australia. But I don't know about you, but I'm led to believe that your mate, yep. your mate Will Schofield, um, is coming. He's on the show today. I think he's on the show with Mark Duffield. And where is Mark Duffield? Those normally here by now. Have they got a show today? Anyway, uh, <laughs> have they got a show today? They're normally here by now, aren't they? Mark Duffield and, and the producer, Paul Heath. Something going down. You're you know, the only... Yeah. Oh, you're just holding this place together, aren't you? Guys? Seriously. <laughs> the glue. Yeah. The king. <laughs> so... So Will Schofield does a podcast with <coughs> Justin Langer. I'm going to cut that. You you were involved in that podcast, yep, but I you am. weren't involved in that podcast. No, I wasn't involved in that. So podcast. that that was done. I'm led to believe six. According to someone said it was six weeks ago. Sure. So JL then said it was four weeks ago. But the semantics. Yep. But it was done a month ago. Minimum. Yep. It comes out that you know he says what he says. If you listen to the whole podcast, you can get across it. Uh, Justin has come out and said, mm, probably taken a bit out of context. Then there's a double-page spread in the paper explaining the situation with Will Schofield. My question is, good get by, first of all, my statement, good job by Will um, to, to to get the story. And you can, I don't think you shoot the messenger in regards to the way that the podcast mm-hmm. was done. That's not what this point is. My point is, is Justin Langer... Such a revered figure in Western Australia and so loved mm-hmm. by West Australians and sportsmen alike yep. that Will Schofield will now struggle to get people of similar <laughs> ilk into his podcast, rightly or wrongly, not let me be the judge, but where people say, wow, if you say something in a podcast and it gets out and it causes such a blow-up and it was mm. double-page print yeah. Herald Sons, do you think Will's up against it to try and attract someone of similar standing oh, going forward? It's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. I mean, it was because it was a good get. Oh, I thought it was an excellent get, and the podcast I thought was I thought it was very very well was done. Good. I thought uh, it was well done. I mean, he wears his JL wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's very open and honest about he does. things. But uh, yeah, I mean, it did cause a bit of a blowout, didn't it? It'd be. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, there was plenty of attention around it, so I guess if someone is looking for oh, it's massive that, for the podcast. Maybe, yeah, massive for the podcast. So massive. Oh, I just didn't, but do you, do you get the, yeah the net positive versus net negative. I don't know. So it's just you know if, if Will then says, "Hey, do you want to come on my podcast?" and yeah. they go, "No, well, I don't want to say anything." Well, yeah. and, yep. and, and, I know. and that's not that's not having a crack at the podcaster. Of Let course. me tell you right now because the podcaster is the podcast unless mm-hmm. it's unless it's heavily edited to skew. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure this was... Uh, no, this was, yep, this as was is. very well done, yep. Yeah, so look, it's an interesting one and, uh, you know, <laughs> to see going forward. But you get some good stuff on there and you're involved in that podcast mm-hmm. as well. And the name of the podcast is... Back chat. Thank you very much. And Will Schofield is going to be with Mark Duffield. <laughs> if they show up, we might have to put out a missing... Per- what is? I mean, I'm not don't want to dob them on air, but this is not good enough. It's unprofessional. Mark Duffield's better than... Unless they're doing an... Are they doing an OB? Goss is looking around, seriously confused as to why we're the only people in the office. 
this morning. He'll be in soon, and we'll get him straight into the studio, Mark Duffield, to explain his absence. Hey, big day coming up on this day. We have waffled on oh, far too long. My favourite segment. November 28th. This is Hammer and Goss for Scotty, who's in for Gilly on SEN Breakfast. On this day, I see Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. November 28, happy birthday. We're celebrating a birthday. Got to get through this because the trains uh, run on time in WA, we're led to believe. Uh, Bruce Channel, or it could be Bruce Chanel, is 82 today. It's funny you should say that because a lot of other people who sit in that chair not big fans, and I, I think management are keen to kibosh it as well. But we've got to fill it with something else, so <laughs> unless you can come up with better suggestions. Hey, Randy Newman, 79. Scott Cummings loves this song. Short people got no reason. Short people got no reason. Well done, Randy. under five foot eight. Don't know about you. That includes you, Paddy Carberry. Uh, Randy Newman, 79, American composer, pianist and vocalist. That was his hit from 1978. R.B. Greaves was born on this day in 1944. Right, you. A couple of good ones. Thank you. Great job. Well done to Lois. Bertels was born Gerhard Bertelkamp, and, of course, he was a guitarist and vocalist with LRB. Wow. Stepped out of his comfort zone and did a bit of work too with Graham Goble, didn't he? Nice work, Beebe Birdles and Graham Goble. 73 today, Canadian musician, and of course he was the little man who used to stand over in the music den with David Letterman. From the heart of Broadway, broadcasting across the nation and around the world, it's the late show. that he actually wrote the song, It's Raining Men. Paulie Schaefer. Yeah. Wow, yeah. there you go. The, the Weather Girls. There you go, with Jerry Halliwell. Oh, I certainly didn't know that either. Oh, you learn something I every day. I didn't know who Paul Schaefer was until a minute ago. <laughs> 63, Judd Nelson. Don't Yeah. Nice. No. You're a big film guy, though. No, but I do know some of the stuff. Have you seen The Breakfast Club? Uh, more little bits of it. Oh, yeah. And I've seen little bits of the other movie he was in. Judd Nelson, 63. Got to get through these. Martin Clunes. This is more in my wheelhouse. 61. He was in Doc Martin. TV guy. Not a, not a movie guy. Understood. Yeah, more of a... Well, I was a TV guy. Prime. Uh, I didn't know that the Australian band One oh, Famous. <laughs> I didn't know that this band uh, was an, an Aussie band. I'm talking about... Uh, Paul Gray, I mean, he passed away, sadly, a couple of years ago. He was born in Parks, New South Wales, and he was a part of the band Wawani. Wawani, I did not know. There you go. I knew they were a band. I didn't know they were an Aussie band. Yep. 38 today, Andrew Bogut. With the first pick in the 2005 NBA draft, 
the Milwaukee Bucks select Andrew Bogut from Australia and the University of Utah. Yes. Most number one picks of any city in the world, Melbourne. Yeah, yes, very good. Nice. And, and big, Ben, do you like Andrew Bogut? Uh, yeah. You do? You like, his, you like his strong comments? Uh, well, I haven't really listened to him in the last little bit. A lot the way I used to play basketball. Yeah, yeah very good basketball, no doubt. Anthony Kudafidis on this day, 2006, 16 years ago. Anthony Kudafidis. I can't believe this, Daryl. A footy player dancing on the stars. Nat, I've got to thank you so much. I mean, you have turned me into a guy who was atrocious, as my wife said, to a guy that can sort of move a little dark. So thank you. Fabulous. Dancing on the stars. Thanks for watching. Have a great Christmas. No, 2006 Cooter on this day took out Dancing with the Stars with Natalie Lowe. And, and straight into Suvlaki Hut after that. <laughs> and we leave you with Leslie Nielsen, Canadian actor best known for his starring roles in a number of movies, including Naked Gun and Airplane. He died on this day, aged 84 in 2010. That is on this day for November 28. I hope you're having a good one. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Yeah, it's, it's always been a dream to play AFL, so um, whoever gives me the opportunity or if anyone gives me the opportunity, um, I'd be very grateful. And, yeah, I just want to play anywhere. So, yeah, I'd be happy if anyone gave me a go. That's Ed Allen, son of Ben, brother of Link. And, uh, well, he's not going to end up at Fremantle. He won't end up at Hawthorne, the Maleys. He's going to end up at West Coast in the draft today. Still to come, Mick Ablett talking all things draft after seven. Right for a sports update, Chris Clafunas is in the house, producer to the Star and Hamish Brayshaw. Oh, good morning, boys. Hammer, good to see you. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Good Looking to see good. You too. Have you seen Mark Duffield in your travels? No. Have you seen Paul Heath? He's, he's um, I was going to say his manager. He's uh, <laughs> his producer. <laughs> no, Heath has been uh, waylaid. Why? But the public transport just taking its time to get here today. He's on a bus. So the trains don't run on bus. time. No, apparently <laughs> not. Hammer, come on. No, the, good work, you. Yeah, look at it. Thank it's good. It's good when you got someone who switched on in the yeah. studio, isn't it? Oh. Cop that, Scotty. Oh, Not man. here. We what can absolutely say that about Scotty's unwell and he's he seriously unwell. unwell. Yeah, which. Means I know that he's not listening. No, so, I guarantee you he will be listening. He's 100% not and listening. If not, I will notify him of said comment. <laughs> <laughs> he's catching some Z's for sure. Uh, all right, let's take a look at this. The Davis Cup. How good was it that Australia made the final? How off Broadway is this? Yeah, wow. Did you know the final's go. been played as well? Yeah. So we made, we made the final. The final's been played. We lost to Canada. Yeah. Smashed. Yep. Oh, we f- what? Yep. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, done. Is it all self-contained? I thought we made the final as in we made the final, then we meet them in a And then, like, time. yeah, let's go, all right, let's build up to the final. Let's get some, you know, yep. players on Who's the media circuit. Uh, they had Dennis Shapovalov. Oh, yeah, I know him. And Felix Ogalisiam. No, yeah, no, so they're a good side. Okay. They are good. We had well, Danasi Kokonakis and Alex Demonor, who are both good as well. But they got hammered. Kokonakis got absolutely done by Shapovalov, 6264, and Ogre Alisia, Alis, Aliasim. Yeah. That's the one, Aliasim. He is good, 6364. So they both okay. got right. pretty That's handily beaten. Polaxed. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, you know, we didn't even know the final was on, so yeah. it doesn't hurt us I too much. Good, good go. achievement. Well done. Well done. Cam Smith, he was very, oh, very good at the Australian PGA yeah. Championship. Hey, what about our man, friend of the show? Scriv. Scriv. So Scriv fell off the radar in the third round. Yeah. Three over when everyone else was advancing. He was dropping. He dropped six-shot swing. 
to his Turn credit, it around. To his credit, finished second. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, well he man. did good and he did very, very well. And oh, just on the... Uh, he did the, good. Did good. <laughs> just on that event yesterday, they uh, they did a camera interview with uh, in the crowd with Daniel Rich, who Jeez. was ha- happy enough to go and watch the PGA while his female team was playing in a grand final. Oh, down the not road. a good look, Rich. Richie's gone to the golf. I <laughs> oh, know. Richie's gone to the golf. And hello to Brandon Matera, <laughs> who... Uh, <laughs> Mr. Subi game and went and watched his racehorse. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> and I put on Twitter and you reckon you didn't come after me. <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah, very good from Smith. Um, Not great from Cheese. No. Cheesy Rich. He's a good fella. Scotty Cummings is listening. Oh, yes. I told you he would be. He's a man of his word and he's a dedicated operator. That is cool. It was all a test and he passed. He passed the test. Well done, Scotty. Well done. Keeping the chair warm for you, mate. Don't you worry about it. Good on you, mate. You get well. It was never in doubt that he was picking uh, picking up the radio. Picking up the radio, turning on the radio this morning. Um, Speaking of pigs, though. Draft today, Fremantle, Huge. of course, have picks 30, 43, 44, 65, 70, and 77. West Coast have picks 8 and 12, as we know, 20, 26, and 71. So watch what happens today. As you say, Ed Allen could be on the cards for the Eagles. Isn't it funny how all of a sudden, I mean, you, you've played with some of these boys, you know, like Jinby and all that, so yep. he's, he's expected to go to West Coast as well. Uh, if, if the cards fall that way, Jed Buzzlinger, Joel Selwood is hell-bent on getting him to Geelong, but apparently he's <laughs> going to end up going to... Bulldogs. It is so exciting, but it's funny that we all get that excited. West Coast are absolutely the focus is on them as a footy club with mm-hmm. this draft. Exactly. They've yep. got to get it no right. Question so we're not going to judge them one or two years. This is a four. These are the four yep. kids that will be better in three years' time. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that club transforms or can hang in there long enough mm. with this group well, of kids. Huge day. The hardest thing for them is going to be these young kids not having the weight of the world on their shoulders, knowing that oh, West Coast need to be good again. I've got to do it in a year. So that's uh, yeah, a yeah, lot of pressure. Anyone drafted, mind you, anyone at Fremantle? I made this comment the other day, and I stick by it. And a lot yep. of Fremantle fans have misrepresented my comments. <laughs> the window for Fremantle. To win the flag, mm-hmm. there's about eight clubs going through that same window at the same time. Correct. West Coast aren't going through the window. No. So that's why I believe West Coast can win the next flag out of the two WA teams. Yep. I mean that. Yeah, of course I, they can. I think Fremantle have got to go now mm-hmm. or in the next two. Yep. West Coast aren't going through in the next two, so all of a sudden things might level up, and these yeah. kids that they pick up at the draft could be the part of where their list is, yep. which is Fremantle's at the moment. Anyway, that, yeah. that, that, that sounds logic. Of, that sounds logic. Well, you put that to Peter Bell. Yeah, that's that's just. Things, everything needs to go right for you to win a flag. And at the moment, for Fremantle, not everything is going right because there's so many other teams who are at their peak pretty much. Agree. Whereas, it's a, it's yep. a t- I've never known more clubs to be in a window. No, it's, it's unbelievable. You're in right simple now. mathematics. You can only fit one team through a window, and if there's eight, it makes it awfully difficult. Thank you very much. It's still good fun watching the Dockers go about their stuff, though. They're a damn good yeah. team. Yep, they're damn good fine. team to watch. They're a damn good team. They're a good damn team. Damn good team. they got a pretty good year. Best team in the comp, I reckon. Caleb's, Caleb's wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. Future captain. Okay. Uh, and yesterday, of course, Hammer, yep. a very, very important date on the calendar. <laughs> it was. Goss's 58th birthday in exactly three months from yesterday. Three months, 27th. Wow. Happy birthday. Sorry, birthday Every time 27 pops up, it's, yeah. it's a reminder. Yeah, of and course. so I put it out that you reckon I didn't cop some pushback from people on socials when I said, just a reminder. Just a reminder, everyone, it's my birthday in three, three months, months to today. Ah, well, just keep it on the, keep it, everyone, fresh in <laughs> mind. I don't mind it. <laughs> so imagine if we forget now. <laughs> people who see 27 
the date. Yeah. It's just an absolute no, reminder. Yeah, it's my favourite number. 27. I love 27. Mm. 27 red. Yeah. At the roulette. Okay, yeah. Yep. Not that I've put any money on sure, the roulette. Jack Darling. Jack Darling. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> Chapman. Yeah, he's Chapman. Yeah. Chappie's 27. Chappie's 27. Wow, there you go. He's going to have a big year. Oh, he needs to have one, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Especially if that window's going to not, not get any bigger. <laughs> they need to have a, everyone needs to have a big year. Yeah. No, he'll be good. They will. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Because we're talking World Cup next. We are. Clint, Clint Bolton. Bolton. And after 7 o'clock, we're talking a draft with Mick Adler. How we- good was the World Cup game on Saturday night? I was mm. in Northbridge uh, watching it at the pub there. Brilliant Why fun. Why did you do that? Why didn't you watch it at home? Uh, because my friend invited me. He'd just got back from the World Cup. Uh, he himself had gone to a few games over there in Qatar. And so I said, all right, I'll catch up with you. He brought me a nice uh, alcohol-free Budweiser cup, which uh, I think yeah. was free from one of the stadiums that he Did he get you me the, the big silver, souvenir? The, the golden plate that cost... Eleven thousand dollars, or whatever the hell the thing was. <laughs> he didn't know. He's gone to a couple of World Cups. He's got me a free Vuvuzela, which yeah. broke, and then he got me this free Budweiser. Are they still rolling around this one? No, uh, no, no thankfully they, yeah. not. I haven't no, heard no, any since no, two thousand six in South Africa. They were poor, annoying. annoying weren't they? they were annoying. Good fun though in Northbridge. Pride Festival was going on at the same time, so it was a huge Socceroos atmosphere, a huge Pride atmosphere. Of the pr- it was brilliant. I saw some photos. Someone posted a photo. Actually, uh, one of the girls Some, who works yep. at the Eagles, yep. and I said, "Where's the crowd? Was there a crowd? Oh, huge crowd. Where was I was? Really? Yeah, massive." She must, have been in one, she must have been right at the end when the there was no one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly but no, right. it, was, it was heaven. It was D- good fun. Darcy Jones from Swan Districts came into the studio a couple of weeks ago. Young fella. He's only a little fella, but gee, he was the most was impressive he? young yeah. man you'd ever want to speak. He doesn't mind where he goes. We're talking about the draft. It starts at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, it's been a fair bit of interest, but um, honestly, I I really don't care where I go. I think, um, I think if you're lucky enough to get picked up, you should be grateful and happy to go wherever. Um, I feel like the club's kind of invested in you and kind of see their future around you. So I feel like you kind of got to do them the favour, like repay the favour kind of thing. So. Goodman gets across, he takes a deflection, and it's on target! Get out! Mitch Duke gets his head onto it for Australia. Craig Goodwin had a look up, he saw the cross, took a touch, played it in, had a slight deflection, and Mitch Duke, Australia's Duke, nods at home. Yeah, a bit of royalty there uh, with the Duke, Mitch Duke, and that was against Tunisia, and all bet we're still talking about it. We do have to move on because they've got a big game Wednesday night. They take on, of course, uh, Denmark, who Australia have got some form against, of course, and uh, one man who knows all about this is former Socceroo keeper and part of the SEN commentary team. I'm talking about Clint Bolton. Hey, Clint, exciting times. That was a great moment against Tunisia, but you've got to dust yourself off and go again. Yeah, it's 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 hard to, uh, I guess, move on when you just want to <laughs> revel in the afterglow of that victory for a little bit longer. So, but this is the World Cup, and three days is all you get, and and it's a big task ahead. Um, you think about the threat level of Denmark is probably halfway between Tunisia and France, the other two opponents in our group. So, it's a big task ahead, but something we can. Uh, Look forward to it with a bit of confidence now. Last met in the group stage of the 2018 World Cup when Yedinak scored from the penalty spot and it was a one-all draw. We've had a win against them, but we haven't played Denmark a lot. What sort of threat do they pose? Because many believe going into this uh, part of the World Cup that they and France would be the easy advances to the next stage. Yeah, I think I felt uh, in a similar fashion to that statement but I've been underwhelmed by Denmark thus far um, in their first game against Tunisia they just 
didn't look a, a real genuine threat. Although they controlled the match, I would say, overall, the more dangerous team was Tunisia. So a little bit surprised, but but uh, it's Denmark. They've got, got good recent history at the Euros. They were semi-finalists. Uh, they will be hungry and determined to, to go far in this tournament. Uh, there's a really good emotional story around this team with Christian Eriksen and hopefully, mm. maybe not hopefully within this game, but um, he has a decent game in general because he's, he's a star, he's a player that can, we can all easily get behind. So it's tough, but they're, they're not the attacking threat I thought they'd be, and that serves us very well. They're a bit more similar to Tunisia in the way they play. They will cons- be conservative, absorb a lot of pressure defensively. Um, but they haven't shown the ability in recent matches to, to actually uh, create a lot of goal-scoring opportunities. So in some ways, that serves us well. Mm. Uh, Clint, as a, as a person, I'm not a big soccer man and I don't have my pulse, uh, finger on the pulse of the World Cup. What do we need to do against Denmark? What's the equation looking like for us to, uh, to make it through the group stages? Well, win, win puts us through yep. um, comfortably. doesn't matter what happens in the other game. Um, if we draw, then we've got to wait on the other result and unless there's some major upset in the other game, uh, which is, uh, it, you know, it's possible because uh, France are already through. Maybe they go very conservative, not play their starting 11, rest players, uh, maybe get complacent, and who knows what happens there. But realistically, France should should still win that game regardless of who plays. So, so a result against Denmark is whether a win or draw is key, but... We shouldn't be thinking about the draw. Ultimately, our attitudes should be around winning this match. And, and then within the game, because both games are played simultaneously, as the games wear down, that's when you start to, to have a look on the other game, see what's happening there, and depending on that result, then maybe change things up. But we go for the win, not even thinking about a draw, and, and that serves us well, because that's ultimately what everyone wants to see in their Socceroos is a really fearless performance. So hopefully that's what we get. Interesting you say that, um, you know, France could go down the line of, of resting going into the next stage. Oh, gee, I hope they play their strong team because if Tunisia cause an upset, that would be a dagger in the heart yeah. because if Tunisia win, we're out. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 something that it happens in the last game within group in the group stage of any World Cup. It's... You know, if I'm the manager of France, I'm looking at how do I set myself, how, how do I set my team up for for the next phase? We've already qualified. Which players need a rest and such. So if they were to go down that road, no one can blame them. Um, but we hope they don't, obviously, because we want the strongest team possible to play Tunisia and ensure that that serves us at best. But but if I was the French manager, I would be thinking about my team and not us. Mm. So that's the way it goes. Uh, now, Clint, speaking of uh, strongest lineup in our team, do we have any changes from the last game? I mean, we're going into a, the, our this is do or die. What's uh, what's the lineup looking like for us? Uh, Arnie's shown within the first two games he's not going to change too much. But the obvious change for me is Rustic in and Riley McGree out, mm-hmm. and having Aaron Moy operate close to Rustic would be a a, a positional change that I would implement, not having Aaron Moy as the deepest midfielder, a more attacking role for him. So maybe Jackson Irvine fits the defensive midfield role or maybe bring someone else like Bacchus into the team who has come off the bench in the first two matches. Uh, besides that, I think it'll be business as usual for this 
for the uh, starting 11 for the Aussies. All righty. Hey, uh, just heard to make mention the other day when uh, Harry Souter was doing Harry Souter things, uh, as good fullbacks should do. And if you were keeping Clint, you'd love him as your last line because he is a big unit and he uh, t- knocked in some beautiful tackles in that time. I went straight to Wikipedia to find out about this bloke after I heard him speak in the post-match. And uh, he's Scottish. There's no doubt about that. He does not sound like he's an Aussie. But <laughs> interesting enough... His mother was born and raised in Port Hedland in the northwest of WA. Beautiful. Yeah. That's, yeah, how, he get, that's how he gets like to that. play. Yeah, there's some great stories. There's a lot of those folks in the team, isn't there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty of stories like that within our national team. That's, uh, uh, for me anyway, it's the beauty of our national team. It's very widespread. Um, players born overseas, players born to, to immigrants that have come to the country to settle in. That's that's our that's our that's our nation. It's a multicultural nation, and no team better represents that than the Socceroos and the Matildas. Yeah, so it's fantastic. Yeah, very much so. And you've got to be remembered. He played um, underage soccer for Scotland as well. Did uh, did Harry Souter? Your genuine thoughts uh, now? Take your well, it's pretty hard to take your Socceroos cap off, of course. But just your thoughts on how we win this game on Wednesday and um, and the the emotions surrounding this as the team, how they would be feeling, how Graham Arnold would be feeling, and what is – is it play to win or is it just play to draw? Play to win. Play to win. There's no other way to look at this match. Um, we were way too conservative in the first match against France and look what happened there. It just doesn't suit us. and It doesn't suit this team. So – be fearless, approach this game like we did against Tunisia, get up in the faces of Denmark, uh, respect them, but don't fear them, ultimately, is, is what, what and how we should approach any particular match. So hopefully it's, it's more of the same, like we saw against Tunisia, a really great defensive performance, because that's going to be needed, no doubt about that. And when the moments come, can we get a Mitchell Duke or a Craig Goodwin or someone else on the end of, of the, the limited chances I expect we'll get? So hopefully that's the case, and... We get through and make a bit of history again. How good. How good would it be? It was exciting on the weekend. It's going to be massive Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Australia is going to be glued to the TV and listening to the radio on SEN, and you're a part of that. Clint, appreciate your time, mate. We cannot wait. We cannot wait. Thanks for joining us. Same, guys. Thank you. Clint Bolton there. World Cup update. Thanks to Kraken, trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. Kraken, that's K-R-A-K-E-N.com. Broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar in 2022. Uh, Shortly after 7 o'clock, Mickey Abler is going to join us, AFL talent analyst. We're going to dissect more of the draft, which takes place this afternoon, 4 o'clock. You'll keep across it through SEN and the like, of course. Uh, And also still to come, Hugh Davies, who's a draft hopeful. Mark Duffield has a, has he arrived? Has Mark Duffield arrived? <laughs> <coughs> has the producer arrived? <laughs> what? What is going on here? The public track... <laughs> nah, Paul Heath's online. Uh, we're never to be... Heath has been... Uh, Working extremely hard. Hey, boys, there's a couple of texts in. Thank you for on the text line. <laughs> yes. Um, didn't realise Hamish Brayshaw was in, says Ryan of Banksia Grove. Can you ask Scotty Cummings whether he got on Chili is Hot at $4 for a place on the weekend? Yes, he did. Yeah. There you go. Well done. He's now only he's only now 500 and $98 behind on Chili is Hot. Uh, morning, boys. Cost yourself a favour and watch The Breakfast yeah, Club. Yeah, well done, Mike. Yeah, okay. And John says, did Perth Glory and West Coast Fever ever get in trouble for giving players cars? Oh, oh, oh. That's... 
Oh, that, that's a statement or a... Question? There's no question mark on the end of that, Johnny. I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Johnny, from Woodvale, always across it. Win for me, free McCafe coffee for a year by ordering on the My Macca's app. A break, some news. Mick Ablett's going to join us. And plenty more. Your calls, your texts. This is Breakfast with Hamish Brasher in for the injured Scotty Cummings. You're back for the Eagles growing up. Still? No, I'm Geelong now. Say again? Go for Geelong now. So when I won the Oscar of the Year competition... Joel was the mentor at the time, so he, he flipped me over to uh, to Geelong pretty quickly, and they were doing well at the time. And so, wow, that's um, that's, that's unheard of. That's yeah. that's. We probably should have asked that question Heartbroken. <laughs> that's Jed Buzzlinger, the young boy from East Perth. You know, yeah, Jed? gun. Yeah, he's a fantastic young fella and a very very good player. Yeah, so he's over there in Melbourne, of yep. course. Uh, he'll be a part of the draft tonight. Starts just after, or well, starts at four o'clock Perth time. And of course, uh, yes, uh, Joel Selwood has taken him under his wing, and the other voice you heard in the studio at the time was Brad Shepard, who was devastated to know mm. that Jed had crossed sides. Uh, Mick Ablett is AFL talent analyst. He'll be part of the Fox coverage tonight, and we appreciate Mick, who's uh, across all things draft, but in particular all things West Australian. Mickey, good to chat. Exciting time for you. This is your this is your Christmas day. Yeah, good morning, guys. Morning, Hamish. It's, uh, it's very exciting, boys. I, I make no bones about that. I Absolutely love this time of year and, and love seeing uh, the opportunities that are about to come uh, the way of these young men and, and for some dreams to be realised after a, a lot, lot of hard work, obviously, by them and, and a lot of support through coaches and family and the like. We've had a lot of players in our so young boys in our studio and on the phone over the last uh, couple of weeks. Our producers uh, have done a remarkable job getting them into the studio. They come in all fresh-faced and excited and they don't want to sort of paint themselves into a corner. But I tell you what, I don't know how they'd be feeling today, but it's going to be a long day for some. It's going to be a longer day for others who won't get drafted until tomorrow. Yeah, it certainly is. That's that's a really challenging part. Obviously, the draft's become a, a huge event now and, and running over two days. So for some guys, they're just excited to hear where they're going to land, which um, this year's draft is, is just still very much up in the air um, and going to throw a lot of curveballs, I think, where we're going to see one of the more unpredictable drafts over the last few years. And That'll throw up some challenges for the players. And then you've got young men like Devin Robertson a couple of years ago that got to sit through night one and um, try and get some sleep overnight and hopefully hear their name called out on Tuesday. So plenty of challenges ahead, but plenty of excitement as well. Uh, Mickey, um, uh, over the last few years, the draft has changed a little bit with points and picks and, and trading picks and all the rest of it. What is... It's obviously pretty key. A lot of clubs are trying to get into the first round. What is is there going to be much movement tonight in picks, or what's what's the run? Run me through what tonight probably potentially might look like. Yeah, Hamish, I think, like I mentioned, I think we're going to see one of the more unpredictable drafts. I think the evenness of the first sort of ten to fifteen players in in this year's draft is um, is certainly throwing up some curveballs, and I also think, boys, that. Clubs are starting to realise that premiership window, when it is open, isn't probably going for as long as what it has in the past. So clubs really need to strike now. And we're hearing of Melbourne that are very, very keen to move up in the draft. Uh, the Bulldogs are certainly looking to make moves. And um, and even even West Coast that you know have been very, very keen on Ruben Jimby and and where he's going to fit in the draft. One minute he's sort of in that 8-12 to 12 mix, which they did a, a fantastic job in 
in trading out to and turning, you know, one pick into two, and then the next minute he's in sort of that four to six type range. So they'll be certainly uh, very nervous this morning as as to what it's going to throw up for them. But I think we will see some trades on the night. I think this first night will probably go a little bit longer than it has, and not necessarily the script as it has over the last couple of years. So. It should make for some really good viewing, some nervous times for mums and dads and, and players. But um, but I think it's it's going to be one of the more interesting, one of the more exciting drafts that, um, of recent times. Mick Ablett, AFL talent analyst, part of the Fox coverage tonight. Starts at four o'clock and you can also keep across it all on the SEN network as well. Uh, we talk about the West Australians and, and as I mentioned, we've had a lot of young boys in our studio. The, the West Australian, Jordan McArdle, does a great job in, in uh, dissecting the draft. He's got five West Aussies in the top 20. Do you think that's a fair assessment or is that being generous? No, I think, I think that's Fairly accurate. I think four to five will be the number that we'd expect to come out of uh, out of WA. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, Ruben's the the real top end talent, the one that's really rocketed up the charts and blown some people away, uh, particularly over over the middle of the season through the national championships. He's worked at senior level at East Perth, and then coming out and test like he did at the draft draft combine was was outstanding. You know, Jeff Busling is in that in that mix who we just heard before, uh, and the effect that, that the great Joel Selwood's had on him. But he's another one. I'm hearing the Bulldogs are, are very, mm. very keen on a tall defender. He seems to be um, the best of that type. So I'd expect him to go first. Lewis Hayes, a, a young fellow from the Eastern Rangers out of Vic Metro. He's probably not too far behind Jed, but I think we'll hear Jed's name first and. The forgotten player, I think, a little bit in all this, and the one that's um, just slipping under the radar is Elijah Hewitt from Swan District. Um, you know, he's got absolute top 10 talent. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's proven that in a performance he put on against Vic Metro when he, he went head-to-head with Marcus Ashcroft, uh, Marcus Ashcroft uh, Will Ashcroft, and, um, and picked up 21 disposals in, in the first half. And he's just one that's just quietly... Just going about his business, and um, and there's every chance now that he could potentially be there at the Eagles' second pick. And you know whether whether that pick happens to be another West Australian or, or someone like an Ed Allen, or whether Elijah Raven is still sitting there, um, you know, sort of towards that back end of the first round. I think he he could be one of the steals of the draft. This is Elijah Hewitt when uh, talked to asked in the, our interview a couple of weeks ago in regards to being compared to with Christian Petraka. It's more referring to the way I play the game, the inside ball that has the ability to go forward and, and you know impact on the scoreboard. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really do um, like those trades and those trades I've, I've worked on for the last couple of years. You really do train them, and so I've, I've trained for power and it's um, you know helped exponentially throughout my game. What do you what do you make? Is there a comparison to him? I did see uh, Christian Petraka without his shirt on over the weekend. Well, yeah, um, a well-oiled in, tractor, apparently. <laughs> he's in pretty good condition. Gee whiz, I'll tell you what, not, I, I don't blame you, me, the goss, for putting that out there on Instagram. Yep. Like, if wouldn't I had a rig like that, boys, I'd, I'd be putting it out there yep. too. I wouldn't own any shirts if um, I had a rig like that, Mickey. No, I'm, I'm hearing you, but uh, those days are long gone for, for guys like uh, myself. And me. But um, look, I, I sort of, I liken him a little bit more to, um, to Harley Bunnell, to be honest. I, I just think he's... The power that he's got, the smoothness that he moves with, um, his ability to roll through the midfield, 
and um, and then go forward as well and, and impact the scoreboard. I just think he, he's got a genuine confidence about him. I really like his swagger. I, I saw it uh, firsthand when uh, the West Coast Eagles waffle team played against Swan Districts out there on what well, was a pretty dirty day at, at Bassendine weather-wise, but this kid just oozed confidence mm. and he wasn't taking a backward step for anyone. So, I, like I say, I, I just think if he does happen to slide down the board a bit, I'm not a big believer in um, in draft numbers in terms of where you go, meaning a great deal. I think once you're on an AFL list, um, you're every much a chance to, to play footy and to play senior games as, as anyone else that's there. So I wouldn't be too fussed about that. I just think somebody's going to get a very, very good player probably a little bit further down the order than, than what was initially expected. Mick Ablett, AFL talent analyst, is with us. Mick, uh, with us coming out the back, uh, the other side of COVID, and players not being restricted on getting home and uh, and family access when they're on the road and the like, do do we think the the go home factor will be minimised this time around? Yeah, look, I know it's a, a bit of a dirty topic um, and has been over the last five or six years, boys, but it was really, really prevalent um, maybe four or five years ago. I think things changed a little bit over the last few years and we weren't hearing so much of that, but it's really reared its head again and it is it is playing a huge part. I know Jason McCartney, the GWS list manager, was open about um, about obviously the, the part that it plays in their decision-making process and when you see the likes of Luke Jackson return to WA, you got Isaac Rankin that return to South Australia, um, and we've had players in the past that you know Bailey Smith of the Western Bulldogs that made it clear to clubs that um, you know he wanted to remain in Melbourne. He wasn't ready to go into state, so it's definitely playing a part, whether we like it or not. Um, as you mentioned, Goss, the, the ability to travel now certainly helps, but. You know, when you look at somewhere for argument's sake, like a WA and um, and even South Australia to an extent, the cost of airfares now um, and getting around the country has increased. And you know, for a young fellow that may move from Western Australia to to Melbourne, it's not necessarily just him getting back; it's his family trying to get over and see him as well. So um, there are some challenges, but as we all know, and and as Hamish knows, and has been through it in recent times. Uh, once you sign up and nominate for the draft, you're uh, you're putting your hand up to go anywhere in the country, and I think that's really important that the players and, and player agents don't lose sight of that. That we are a national competition, and um, I think as much as it's it's a challenge these days for these young men um, to leave home at such a young age, um, it is important to realise that it's part and parcel of putting your hand up to to be a part of the AFL landscape. Yeah, no question. I mean, I I think you shouldn't be you should be cautious drafting a kid out of an inner city inner city suburb somewhere else. I think country kids are a bit more hesitant to go home because it's you're not really going home, are you? But uh, Mick, looking at um, the top twenty, I mean, obviously Will Ashcroft has been touted as uh, as a potential you know very very good player for a long time. I I don't want you to go with him. I uh, I'm going to ask you this, and I want you to have a little bit of a gamble and and sort of go out on a whim here. But in the we're looking at a list of about twenty odd names here. Um, of this year's draft, who do you see as being the one player that you, you know, 300 gamer, for example? I'm throwing it's a wild number out there, but have a little punt, stab in the dark. Who? Do you, what would be your pick? Yeah, well, I've got a couple of them, boys. I think one that's been overshadowed by 
Will Ashcroft. And I say that in all due respect to, to both of these players. But Cam McKenzie is a kid out of the Sandy Dragons, out of your old stomping ground, yep. Hamish, that um, he's, he's as good a player in this draft. He's an outstanding prospect at 188 centimetres. He's a midfielder that just accumulates and racks up possessions. He's got an ability to use it on both sides of the body. Um, outstanding around the stoppage. And he's got a real calmness about him when he's in possession. I've likened him a lot to, to Sam Mitchell um, when he plays his football. He, he just doesn't panic and makes very, very good decisions. So he's someone that we haven't heard a great deal about, but I think you're going to hear a lot about this kid in the future because in any other, I guess, team that he would have played in, we'd be talking about him and we'd probably be pitting him against the Will Ashcroft. I think he's he's that good of a player. So he's certainly one. And, and another one that um, that I want to talk about, that, again, we've heard a lot about Matthias Philippou and, you know, and George Wardlaw and, and Harry Sheeple and the like that are, um, are early selections in the draft. But Joy Clark is a, a young fella. And, you know, we mentioned the name Joel Selwood earlier and he's had plenty of comparisons to him. He's a 181-centimetre uh, midfielder out of the Geelong Falcons. He's just probably drifted a little bit out of conversations over the last few days, which um, is, is surprising to me. He certainly won't fall out of the top 10. Um, he was runner-up in the Lark medal, which is the, the under-18 championship, mm-hmm. best and fairest. But he's an outstanding player. He's tough. Um, he can play inside, outside. And, you know, we've all heard about his leadership. And I think in today's football where, um, you know, society is very different and there's probably not quite the level of resilience um, that there once was in young men, and that, that's certainly not a knock on them. That's just society and, and lifestyle changes. Yep. But, you know, when when you want leadership out of a player and you want somebody to go and play 300 games for your footy club, lead from the front and really, you know, put other players on their shoulders and take them along for the ride. I think Joy Clark just embodies all of those traits and um, both Joy and, and Cam McKenzie are two players we're going to hear a lot about for a long, long time. Going to hear a lot about a lot of players uh, over the, the next couple of hours and then, of course, from the draft time at 4 o'clock. Looking forward to it, Mick, and you're a part of the Fox coverage and uh, appreciate your time. It's an exciting time the next couple of days, a nervous time for many, and we wish all the young boys the best of luck. And in a moment, we're going to be chatting with one more young hopeful from WA, Hugh Davies, to see if he can get on a list in the next 48 hours. Thanks for joining us, and we appreciate your time. No worries, boys. Thanks for your time and all the best to the young men tonight. Yeah, Mickey Ablett joining us. So West Coast, for those asking, West Coast have picks numbers 8, 12, 20, 26 and 71. Fremantle don't enter the draft until 30, 41, 44. They've traded up 67 and 76. Looking forward to seeing how our WA clubs and all the clubs go and all the young West Aussie men. We've spoken to a dozen of them over the last month or two and they've all been outstanding young talent. We're looking forward to seeing the next stage of their careers and lives. Hugh Davies joins us next, the young boy from Claremont. Where does he end up? We'll find out, hopefully, in the next 48. Eight hours. It's 22 past seven. This is Breakfast SENWA. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for Breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. I'm still alive. Yeah.
That's Ruben Jinby, your man. Gun. Yeah. The boy. Yeah, the boy. Looking forward to best, getting him drafted. Yeah, the best product out of Dunsborough. Yeah. Top Stan right. Top 10. <laughs> Stanley, Norm Smith. Uh, number nine, Ruben Jinby, apparently, according to the fandom draft of Jordan McArdle, and could end up at West Coast. He's a West Coast boy. I think he's keen on West Coast. Yeah, he is. Sure is. Anyway, we'll find out where he ends up. Uh, we'll also find out over the next couple of days, I'm sure, about our next guest, of course. And this is a young boy out of Claremont. And Claremont have got a lot of good talent coming through the draft. And, of course, one is Hugh Davies. Been kind enough to join us. Hugh, how are you feeling on draft day? Good morning. Uh, good morning, boys. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're going Fantastic, all right. mate. Uh, mate, now, what's your expectation? And do you have an expectation over the next two days of the draft? Oh, I don't really have that many expectations. I'm just going to kind of watch it, see what happens, and then wherever, whatever happens, we'll see from there. All righty. So, again, one of the very simple questions is, have you spoken to any of the clubs or your manager spoken to clubs? And what's your realistic chances of maybe getting on a list if you talk about the numbers that have been knocking on your door? Uh, look, it's hard to say. I've spoken to a couple of clubs, but it's just it's all – up in the air from here, so it's pretty hard to say. What did you think of your own uh, football this year, Hugh? I mean, leading into the draft, your 18th year is super important to put your best foot forward. Um, do you think you've done enough? And, and sort of give a quick rundown on your own year. How do you think you've gone? Yeah, so I definitely had a lot of improvements from last year, and that definitely put me in good stride for this year. Unfortunately, I didn't really play many, many Colts games due to um, school commitments, but other than that, it was a pretty good year. Where's your best footy? Where do you play? If you, if you were to say, if someone was to pigeonhole or push you into a spot on the football field, where is it? I uh, definitely set off back. Okay. Fremantle could do with a key defender. Yeah, they could. Now, uh, <laughs> Hugh, just quickly on the um, on the lead up to the draft, the interview process. I've uh, I've had a few talks with clubs in my time, and every now and again, you get a little curveball question. I remember I was asked once, "What car would I be and why?" and uh, and that was a bit of a strange one. I mean, <laughs> can you remember? Was there an interesting question that you got asked in a uh, in an interview that was unfootball related, and you just sort of had to take a backward step and think, "What's going on?" Um, yes, yeah, probably the one that stands out for me was with Richmond. They asked me what was the most outrageous thing I've done. And look, I'm not going to tell you what I said, but it was pretty outrageous. Yeah, there you go. They asked, I do I like to uh, get to the bottom. Okay, of the don't tell us what you said, but what was their reaction? Uh, probably a bit blank face, a bit, a bit of shock. <laughs> Um, so obviously there's tonight breaking down, broken down into the first round and then tomorrow night. Um, where will, where will you watch it? Will you have friends over? Will you be with your family or what, what's the go for you tomorrow? How, how are you going to, or tonight, how are you going to sit yourself down and, um, and watch the next couple of days? Yeah. So the plan is just to get all, all the family over the grandparents, the parents, the brothers and the cousins and just watch it at my dad's house and just, just tomorrow night though. Yep, right on. Okay. You know, you, you, you're under the impression that today's not your day. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Now, um, what about teammates? Uh, we're talking blokes that you've played with in, at the Claremont Colts and through the PSA and the like. What's your expectation on a couple of those boys? You, obviously, you all keep in touch through various WhatsApps and social media and Snapchats and the like. Uh, who are you expecting to be drafted? 
Uh, well, I've got I've got my um, my money on Ed Allen tonight. I reckon I reckon he'll go pretty early. And then give, also, uh, reckon, Hugh, um, give us give us your opinion. Now I've texted his old man and I said, "Have you dusted off your Eagles scarf?" I'm not exactly sure about the response. They are rusted on Fremantle fans. Um, just tell us what a mate would think of Ed Allen ending up at West Coast. Um, I think I, I don't mind. I reckon he'd be happy with anywhere. So yeah, good point. Wherever he goes, he will he will be happy with. So yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Hammer, you reckon he doesn't take like as soon as soon as no, you draft no. him, you become. So, uh, who do you support? You are you a do you follow a team or are you a football watcher? Uh probably more a football watcher, but. If I would pick a team, it'd be West Coast. Yeah, so I've been in a situation. I was a die-hard die North Melbourne and North Melbourne fan growing up, and as soon as your name gets called out for a club, it's okay. Well, no worries. I'm no longer that. So, um, yeah. Now, Does anyone yeah. barrack for Fremantle? Yeah. Every heaps. player we speak to, every young man we've spoken to, West Coast says West Coast. Angus was a Freo supporter before he got drafted. Yeah, he blew that, didn't he? Could have been here. Yeah, this time. he could have been here. Now, um, I've only got one more for you, mate. I think. I remember my lead up to the draft. Uh, I was a bit uncertain as to what would happen, and and the draft is a nighttime thing. And I spent the entire day sitting there fretting and nervous, and had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, and it made for a pretty long day. So all, all the advice I can give to you is find yourself something to do tomorrow morning that can occupy about four or five hours, because otherwise it is a long yeah. time sitting there and twiddling your thumbs. What's yeah, the plan? Geez, what's the plan geez. for tomorrow morning? Have you got anything, or what's? I might. I might just crack into some work for Dad, make some money, get the day going. Yeah, make some money. We won't be needing a lot of that in a little bit. What's Come sort of, on. What's, what sort of work's that, uh, Hugh? What sort of work's that? Uh, well, we're currently renovating the house. So it's just painting walls, knocking down knocking down walls, nice. and renovating the garden. Ah, very cool, very cool. Ah, well, Claremont, have uh, good stuff. Well, well done by you. It's very rare a teenager to get out and get their hands yeah, no, dirty like, like that, that. Let me tell you, you I like it. Uh, nice. Work. Hey, good luck, good luck, young man. I know you're just so very nonchalant about it. It's going to be a, a big time for a lot of young boys from Claremont and all the other WAFL clubs, and you're a part of that mix. And let's hope we find you on an AFL list, whether it be in the next two days, whether it be on a rookie list, whatever it may be. But the step in the right direction. All the very best. Well, there he is, there's Hugh Davies from the Claremont Football Club, just one of many young West Aussies and teenagers who are going to find their way somehow into the AFL system. And as I said, could be rookie listed as well, and yep. there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And also to any hopefuls, if you do, if it, tonight or tomorrow night isn't your night, don't, uh, don't leave any stone unturned and go again. I missed mine, and look at me. Played one game, one win. Come on. 27 away from eight o'clock. This is SENWA Breakfast. <laughs> Hamish Brasher in for the injured Scotty Cummings. The SEN app is now compatible with Apple. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime. I play a bit like a Liam Baker. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I didn't really watch footy when I was growing up. Um, footy wasn't really a big thing for my family or anything, so I didn't really watch or model off anything. Oh, yeah, right. Steely Green, best name in footy, I reckon. Uh, plays similar to that of Liam Baker. He, he is a young talent who uh, hopefully will be drafted as well in the next couple of days. It is as awkward a thing as there is getting comparisons to really, really good players as a young fella because 
you don't want to say, oh, no, I'm, yeah, yeah. Christian, but Elijah Hewitt being compared to Christian Petrarca, yeah. you're obviously not going to say, yep, I play exactly like him because he's one of the best players in the comp. So it's uh, it's an awkward one. Don't forget, uh, got the touch. This World Cup, choose Tab Touch. Gamble responsibly called Gamble. It's 1-800-858-858. Look online to Tab Touch if you want to find out that the markets are for the World Cup, of course, and the World Cup involves Australia on Wednesday night when they take on Denmark. Mark Duffield has uh, graced us with his presence ahead of his show, Mornings with Mark Duffield. And we're looking forward to the chat with Will Schofield. Thanks for joining us. Finally got here, Goss. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to work from the office all the time. Are you, you clocking in and clocking out? <laughs> <aren't you? laughs> Good to see you, producer, mate. How long was the bus ride, mate? A couple of hours? Anyway, Paul Heath is the producer to the star in Mark Duffield. What do you got coming up, mate? So we're going to take a different look at the, the draft. Uh, we're going to talk to State 18's coach Ben Dyer. And we're also going to talk to Will Schofield to try and get his draft day experience. Which would uh, be interesting to hear Hamish's, actually, because given that that was a big day for the Brayshaw family. It was a massive day for the Brayshaws. Andrew was in uh, Sydney and went pick two and was always going to go. And when he went to Perth, West Coast was one of few clubs that I'd spoken to. So I had a little inkling. And then, um, yeah, and then I was at a friend's house. Charlie Constable went number 30-something to Geelong. All his friends flooded around and then pretty quickly realised that I was still waiting nervously in the corner and <laughs> went quiet from about pick 50. And then the place erupted at pick 68. So a very, very good day in the Brayshaw family. Is it like... Did you see your name? Did you watch it? Did you hear yeah, it? Yeah, I was watching it. And what what is that seriously like? I'd love to know what that so, wonder, that first emotion is like. Yeah, I was. It was funny because Dad was – Mum and Dad were there and knew – Dad was good friends with the guy reading out the names. And <laughs> so he'd come out and congratulated um, them on Andrew and they were the only parents still in the crowd because obviously I was a t- chance to go and – um, the guy said, look, I'm going to know before anyone because I have to read the name out. So he said, just if I smile and wink at you, just, you know, get oh, ready. Cool. Anyway, I've heard this after the fact and I've since watched it back. But the guy, I can't remember his name, he walks out and reads my name. And as he's walking out, he's got a massive grin on his face and he's looking in the crowd. <laughs> and so my parents start laughing and crying and then it's, yeah, there you go, Hamish Brayshaw. So once I heard that, it was, the whole place went, but no, there was about 40 people at this house for Charlie and then pretty quickly turned to a uh, very, very good night. So we'll also talk to Will about that podcast with uh, Justin Lang that mm-hmm. stirred up a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a, a storm. Uh, we'll talk to Adam Collins. Uh, SEN's cricket commentator um, about that and the possible impact on the West Indies test coming up this week and Ben Smith from the West Australian on Issues World Cup. Mark Duffield joining us after eight o'clock in the studio mornings with Mark Duffield and speaking of cricket and the man who's over here in WA and he's uh, dressed accordingly uh, because it wouldn't be any different uh, any other time is Barat Sundarason who's a part of the SEN commentary team and also with Crick Buzz. Thanks for dropping in. Oh, worries. It was good to see you in person. I did bump into you during the World Cup, but you're busy uh, doing your commentary and you brushed me aside. <laughs> did you, so this is some of the best. Wackety whack whack. I remember this. Yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't really taken off to what I would have expected. I was, uh, I was get... expecting you to be in a t-shirt which said wackety whack whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. opportunity. Get yourself a t-shirt. You'll, you'll learn pretty quickly that Goss is the star and he has time for a few, but uh, <laughs> he's got to get like things that. done, yeah. Hey, but uh, um. What are we genuinely expecting in this test series against the West Indies? I mean, where where is our where is our care factor? Uh, I think the summer really didn't take off during the World Cup, did it? Or the season, I should say. It doesn't feel like summer still. At least it does here, not in Adelaide. Thirty-one today. Uh, uh, nice. Yeah, I know. Thirty-seven good. tomorrow. Thirty-five on Wednesday. That's in, summer in Perth. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that in the oh AC boy. Uh, <laughs> AC press box, but uh, the commentary <laughs> box as well. But um, I think. Australia needed, Australian cricket needed just like a 
you know, a lift in spirits, which they got sort of during the one day series. And then the Justin Langer interview or the podcast comes out and we are back to kind of you know, ground zero where it's once again the cultural divide. Once again, uh, I, I, I wrote a piece about this, uh, about, you know, looking at it from the outside, coming from the subcontinent. And I start with Bollywood, which is kind of interesting, uh, because there were a spate of movies made in, in Bollywood in the early 2000s. It was about this whole, you know, and the theme used to be respect your elders, the Indianness of Indian cultures going away. And if you think about it, it's about like kids grew, who grew up in the 80s and 90s, exposure to the world. They just started looking at being Indian differently. The whole family values, everything changed. Fast forward 20 years, I think that's what is happening in Australian cricket. A lot of these modern day players, unlike the Australian cricketers of the past, go around the world, you know, they experience different cultures. They get a different perspective of winning and losing and what it means to be part of a dressing room. And obviously their outlook to Australianness in in a cricket dressing room is very different. I think that's the clash of cultures. Why? I mean, yes, it is about one disgruntled coach not being happy, which which you can understand, right? I mean, Justin Langer, just the way it ended for him. But I think it is, there's an overall picture to this, a bigger picture to this, mm. and that's the clash I see happening. Almost a clash of demographics, isn't it? The, the, the age profile of the coaches and mm. dealing with that. I mean, you can't have, for me, you can't have a 50-year-old coaching an 18-year-old boy unless you've actually lived through that and you've got kids who maybe lived yeah. through that. It's a very good call you make. But as and Delacen, if you've got any questions for Butter, give us a call, uh, 131255 or 0487736736 if you wish to text as well. Don't forget you can win free McCafe coffee for a year by visiting the MyMackers app. A break, come back, talking more things cricket, talking about Justin Langer, talking about the match that starts here on Wednesday and talking about the future for the game. But that's Sunday Jason in the studio, 13, 12, 55 or 0487 on SEN, of course. We're talking about the first test starts here at Optus Stadium on Wednesday, and the S is out on the railway side, just to remind you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Optu. It's Optu Stadium. It's Optu Stadium. The S is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Snap Fitness uh, Snap Judgment, and we're talking about what we are expecting in regards to crowd numbers. Could this be horrendous? Uh, I think there's interest. Yes. I think there's massive interest. Mm-hmm. I think there's always interest. There's interest in Sheffield Shield cricket and there's in- interest in WAFL football. Absolutely. As well. But whether people go is a different story. Also helps that it's nice and sunny outside. On yeah, the, very true. That'll yeah. be nice. I mean, I, I remember doing the two test matches we've had at the Optus in 2018 when India came. That was a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't so good when um, New Zealand played here last time. But that was also a day-night test, if you remember. Yeah. And the crowd numbers, like, and Optus is not like a day-night stadium. Stadium, right, it doesn't have the feel of Adelaide. Uh, it doesn't have the feel of Adelaide over anyway. But even during the day, but it just uh, that's just my South Australia. So what is it? In. A night stadium? Uh, yeah. Do you think it's a night stadium? The Ad- cricket here, at Optus. Yeah, uh, I think it's 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 a footy stadium that hosts cricket. Like you know, that's how I've always looked at it. I mean, I'm I'm still old school in terms yeah. of like even yesterday when I went to the WACA to watch the Australian strain, I was like, why aren't we playing here? That just has a feel of a test venue. I mean, this I think will it'll grow on us. We've just had two test matches and then COVID struck, and I still believe the what I've understood of Australian sports culture when it's test cricket, people will come because that's just part of your tradition, part of your uh, part of what you do in November and December, uh, and because you Perth hasn't seen Test cricket, I mean they've seen a couple of couple of T20s and a couple of World Cup games. I have a feeling people will come, and uh, a lot of talk about you know with the whole uh, Justin Langer situation whether it'll impact crowds. 
not maybe not so much with with the test crowd this this is completely my opinion mm-hmm. we will see because i think it will be an interesting test series you know i mean uh, west indies have become a much better test team than a t20 side they have some really good fast bowlers to get excited about i mean kima roach is still around from 2009 and he's just grown from strength to strength young jaden seals is very exciting alzari josephs really improved and at 26 he's almost hitting his peak um and on a perth pitch which should have bounce and pace on it i think uh, australia can't take this bowling attack lightly i mean the batting is a problem for the west indies so i still think australia should you know should win easily both test matches but i think we'll see at least there'll be periods of play which will be exciting thanks courtesy or courtesy the west indian fast bowlers Yeah, I mean, I grew up watching cricket sort of mid early 2000s and listening to my old man who loved cricket and my pop loved cricket talking about the West Indies of old it was very much fast bowling fast bowling yeah. fast bowling and just attack so grandfather is Ian Brayshaw right, right. Yes, okay and 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 your other and your uncle I just noticed on the weekend yep got engaged yeah, he did yep james got engaged to james uh, to lisa yeah the question to yeah, lisa right there in italy yep so nice. did very well but all the <laughs> reports that i've heard for them is not necessarily obviously brian lair and, and viv richards are fantastic uh, batters but it's predominantly been the west indies about fast bowling is that what the team is looking like now you've obviously mentioned that we can't take it for granted is that how they're trying to mold their group still yeah i mean till the time west indies keeps producing fast bowlers uh, they'll stay relevant because batting i mean like you said it was all about the fast bowlers but you'll remember him i mean it was all all about wave richards and gordon greenidge and yep. desmond hans and those yep. boys as well i go uh, back to lawrence rowe oh, and yeah. you know roy fredericks all those boys exactly the, i mean there was just excitement from ball one to ball like the final ball with bat and ball mm. i think that has changed i mean they are a very dogged batting lineup i mean just look at their openers i mean you we've gone from desmond hans and gordon greenidge to craig brathwaite and uh, tej narayan chandpal like good the like, craig brathwaite's been around for a while i mean he's been the one success story mm. in west indies test cricket for a while with yeah. batting hand but he's one of those stodgy dean elgar like openers he takes his time and tej narayan's the same so there's not much excitement about this batting lineup i think there's more excitement in the com box with carl hooper and brian lara about <laughs> doing commentary honestly so but i think that you will see as they see the the two test matches play out um, there will be spells from some of their fast bowlers you'll be like ah oh, maybe this brings back some memories of the past dave from bumbury has texted in and i like this text he says boys i'm actually looking forward to the cricket this week i booked 3 days off to be there i love test cricket and i've been starved of test cricket for the last couple of years and i'm also looking forward to seeing cam green mm. so there is some there is I mean, I know it's only one text, but I, I get that same feeling. I, I, I think there's intrigue about, and you've touched on West Indies. I think there's some intrigue about that. There's also, and I hate saying this, and I reckon there's also some cricket fans who hope West Indies actually do really, really mm. well. Who are Barrick for who, who are Australian and hope that the West Indies have a good time of it over here in Perth. And I, and I think that's sad because I think once you should be cheering for Australia, it doesn't matter. Once you pull on the baggy green, what's your expectation of this series? Who, who do you think? Does Australia just dominate? They will dominate. I think. Well, uh, the last three days here. Uh, I think so. I think so. You know. I mean. I think we might get into day four at least uh, in Perth. Maybe not in Adelaide. Like with the pink ball. Like most pink ball tests don't last mm-hmm. last the distance. But I think uh, what we will see is. I think I expect some runs from the West Indian top order a little bit. I, I can see that narrative playing out. Tej Narayan Chandrapal who made runs in the A game against the Prime Minister's eleven. you know the the return of achanda paul to australia i can see him making some runs and everybody getting excited about it i can see a couple of the young fast bowlers really making an impression like kima roach did back in 
But I can also see Cam Green scoring his first test century. And I think going back to your text, uh, that's what I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing. He's he, he's really improved in the last 12, 18 months with bat and ball. But I think the time has come for him to just take that game to the next level and score a couple of hundreds during the summer, not just the series. I see your other partner in crime is hovering around in uh, Adam Collins. So looking forward to seeing and hearing both of you over the next couple of days. Thanks for dropping in. No worries, anytime. Barat Sundarais in the studio, SEN cricket commentator, part of our team and Crick Buzz, of course. It does start on uh, Wednesday here and you'll hear all the action on SENWA. Back to wrap things up on SEN Breakfast next. Sorry, live on Sky News. Your reaction to the win? Uh, we lost. Sorry, reaction to the loss. And apologies. Reaction to the loss. Apologies for the language. Yeah, yeah. So the, he had it all. That poor old Sky News uh, reporter. He got the result wrong, and then the bloke swore on live yeah, TV. Yeah, Hamad, thanks for coming off the bench. No, thank you very much for having me. Always ready to warm the bench and get on there for Snap one game. Fitness is on. on a mission to help you feel fantastic. Speaking of feel fantastic, we hope Scotty feels fantastic, and we see him back up and running. Our best thoughts are with Scotty Cummings. Well done to Special K. Well done to Lois Lane. We'll do it again tomorrow. Mark Duffield in after eight.